G'day everybody and welcome to the second special episode of X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. In this episode, Jermaine is again at the Albury Exhibition, but this time he's talking to some very special people such as Phantom Creators, Phantom Collectors and other very prominent members of the Phantom community here in Australia. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Jermaine's done a wonderful job of getting all these interviews done. I hope you enjoy. Jermaine here, as you can see here by the um, noise, um, we are in Brad's cave with a lot of the guys. Right now I've got Renee White and Glenn Ford, um, so this is just an interview after the museum exposition. Um, so I've got Glenn, uh, so Glenn what did you think of the exposition? Uh, it was great, great, really well organised, um, looked fantastic, everyone enjoyed it. I think it was quite, a, um, quite an event. Yeah. Yourself, Renee, what did you think of it? Oh, it was really good. Um, everybody had a good time. Um, I've seen some things there that I've never seen before. So Maybe we'll never want to see again. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was worth the trip. So what were some of the things that you haven't seen before? Well, I haven't seen the throne, the way uh, Brad, Brad explained it. Um, some of the um, foreign cu- country phantoms. I haven't seen Karachi to um, the front cover uh, to make it look to make it look pristine. Uh, so he did a um, he did a, a catalogue. Uh, there was a print um, as well uh, using the same artwork which which was sold at the um, the exhibition. Yeah, I um, I really liked it. It was um, like it was definitely it, it kept the old feel, it kept the spirit. Yeah, yeah, but it had those slight just modifications yeah. like the ring. Yeah, I put, put, put the ring on. There was um, the, the buckle. I put purple stripes behind the buckle, which is kind of what they do in Australia. Sorry about that, guys. I just had to um, make a quick stop. All right, so we're back with Glenn, and uh, Glenn, you were just telling us um, the differences between the original number one yeah, and, 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 the, and the, the, the redo. Um, yeah. Look, I've just made it a bit brighter. Uh, obviously, the um, the number ones that we've all seen are, uh, um, you know, uh, 50 years old, 60 years old. Uh, so they've, they've, uh, the colours faded uh, usually. Um, and the paper's going a bit yellow, so I just brighten the whole thing up. I put a, a ring on his uh, on his hand, um, made him a little bit bigger around the um, the shoulders and chest, uh, more more phantom-like proportions, and put uh, the purple stripes behind the skull on the belt buckle. I kept the um, the bullet hole on the skull because of the whole issue of contention about the two different versions of the original number one, <laughs> just to keep it contentious. Yes, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. So we've all got something to argue about on Facebook. Yeah, what's, what's the point of having a, a you know a phantom fan base if we can't argue about them? That's it. So Renee, the question is, how many number ones do you have? One. Just one. In very good condition. Reasonable condition, yes. Nice. So. Um, Run out of questions. <laughs> um, anything? What else can we say? We can talk about this. Yeah, so. Very impressed with his 
the collection and the way you've got to display. For me, some of the items that I really like is there's these um, Leonard Moberg um, bookmarks or postcards that are just over there for the people that can see what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a set of about four or five. They're from uh, released from Sweden or Norway. I must admit I don't know the exact origin of them. He's, he's Swedish, I think. Yeah, but I know he he does has done work for Egmont and Semiac. But for me, I love his style. It's dark, it's moody, um, and his stories because he he writes his stories and he does the art for his stories as well. He hasn't done any for a while, but they're the real moody, dark type of ones. Like the setup, which is still one of my favourite stories, the psychopath. Um, some of these stories that are just classic and they've got that dark. And yeah, I just I, I must admit that's something that I really enjoyed. So um, thank you, Renee, for um, taking. 10 minutes out of your busy schedule with uh, family. And, um, uh, Glenn, thank you again. Thank you. And I'm sure we'll get you on the podcast to talk about the upcoming website, uh, Phantom's Vault, which is nearing completion. Very close. Very close. So we will get you on to do another podcast to announce that. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, going, guys. Um, uh, this... Uh, I'm with uh, Dominic, um, Dominic Kelly, I've met him a few times at some Phantom dinners and I heard a story uh, today at Brad's this morning and um, uh, I was filled with jealousy listening to it um, and I'm sure there's going to be some others as well and I really would like you to share that um, for the podcast um, as a wrap up on the the dinner because this is what the dinners and the weekends are all about is sharing stories, uh, getting jealous about each other's collections and uh, going back and spending more money. So, uh, Dominic, I would love to hear uh, this story. Look, I was just going to say that um, the good thing about catching up these events is that you meet people who truly do share the spirit of the Phantom. And I honestly don't think a a group, a critical mass of of Phantom fans hasn't existed truly since um, the mid-80s Phantom Club in Brisbane, which was headed up by John Henderson. Hendo just did an amazing job. And, like, I was probably... um, you know, 12, 13 when I first met him and grew up in Ipswich and I would, it was this amazing um, journey and venture to get to him. I would basically catch, the, ride my bike to Ipswich Station, catch the train to Brisbane, get a bus to um, Cooperoo Camp Hill, then walk about a kilometre and a half to get to his house. So after, however long that took, um, get to his house and he would greet me and it was fitting like the Phantom was greeting me at the front door. He welcomed me into his big, beautiful Queensland home with the, you know, the um, Holden, two Holdens parked in the driveway with Phantom um, paintings all over them, and um, just just his voice, all the Phantom memorabilia in his house is just absolutely sensational. So thank you for that. So um, so last night we, uh, for those who weren't aware, we had a dinner um, to celebrate inside the library next to the museum, and then um, about halfway through, uh, we noticed uh, Dominic sneaking out and. Um, didn't see him again for the rest of the night, but who we did see was uh, the Phantom himself. Um, so I must ask, uh, so what's the story behind the costume? Yeah, so what's pretty cool was I actually didn't get to see the Phantom because I, I, I had to take a few phone calls outside, but um, the Phantom did arrive and he then sat in my, my seat at the um, dinner. And what was pretty cool was this suit he had on was actually a Wilson McCoy suit. I call it the Wilson McCoy suit. It's, um, it's um, lycra, uh, sorry, it's, uh, what's the colour? Um, it's lilac. It's lilac, and it's got the, the um, bright blue stripes with the black stripes. 
I had um, a couple of um, Wilson McCoy um, coloured um, posters and a friend of mine took those posters and turned it into a phantom suit right down to the to the, um, the Wilson McCoy um, signature on the phantom's um, butt which uh, says um, Wilson McCoy um, 1 slash 69 which is January 1969 which just actually happens to be my uh, the, the month in which I was born so that's a, it's a fantastic suit the guns the belt it's very much like a retro uh, Wilson McCoy um, Phantom outfit, right? Um, and it's incredibly detailed in mint condition. So I didn't see it myself, but I heard that there was some extra padding uh, downstairs. No, there wasn't actually, surprisingly. Yeah, I, the, um, the Phantom actually, as in the Wilson McCoy outfit, is actually extremely well endowed, actually. So there's no, no, definitely, definitely no padding down there at all. Actually, now, oh, and while we're talking about rings, um, I've actually got... <laughs> <laughs> some fantastic Brisbane um, phantom rings I'm wearing right now from the from the mid 80s, and they're 18 karat gold, and um, I've had them ever since I've been a young fella, and they're just absolutely brilliant. So I don't see a wedding ring. So is one of those the wedding ring? <laughs> no, no, I, the wedding ring's actually uh, in storage just for the weekend. But normally, <laughs> I do like to try out the wedding ring and the um, and the good mark. Yeah. <laughs> so I see you've got a, you've brought your family and your kids. Are any of them Phantom fans? They are. In fact, what was really cool was when we got back to the hotel room last night, which is just next door to the um, museum where the the uh, display was on. Um, all of them said Phantom is number one, Dad. Phantom is the coolest. And and I said absolutely, that's right. And I said I said it's about time you realised that um, there's nothing cooler than just a strong guy with a good sense of humour that can that can um, take care of roughnecks, as opposed to a fella in a suit that can somehow spin around the world and turn the world backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, so thank you for your, um, for your five minutes. I managed to grab you just before you were leaving. Um, so it was, it was good to um, meet you properly and uh, spend a bit more time with you. So uh, hopefully I will see you uh, again at some of these dinners. Absolutely, and if not, I'll definitely be in Perth to catch up, yes. with, your, catch up with you and uh, visit your Skull Cave. That sounds good. So thank you, thank you. Um, and I hope some of you uh, enjoyed that story as much as I did. Thanks, mate. Hey guys, uh, it's Jermaine again. Um, we've moved out of the fan cave and now we're into uh, Brad's front room and I have with me uh, Chris, aka Redbeard, and Gary, aka The Ringman. And we've got some wives to make sure we actually keep the conversation on track. <laughs> so, hey, okay, they're not our wives. <laughs> <laughs> well, one's mine and one's um, Gary's. <laughs> so... So uh, say hi guys. Hello. Hey, how you going? So um, Chris, tell us why you were called Redbeard. Uh, because up until Christmas I had a red beard, um, so it's quite ironic now that I shaved my beard off at Christmas and will probably keep it off for a while as my daughters have preferred me without it. So I'm uh, unredbeardy at the moment. But and isn't you, it... And his email address is redbeard. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it all the rage to get the Breaking Bad... <laughs> the beard at the moment? I don't know. I've been having the same beard for 20-odd years. But, uh, yeah, so it was Red Beard after Red Beard the Pirate. <laughs> so, Gary, the ring man. Yes. Um, where did this fascination come up with the rings? Um, I started to collect rings and found that they were hard to get in Australia. And I collected them from all over the world. And um, finding them in America was the best place to find them um, and just brought up every ring collection or lot I could find and um, loved the, the old rings, um, just about got them all now. Uh, so what's your favourite ring? 
Well, the one that holds has got like the best story or holds the most um, importance to you. Probably the uh, the the Kellogg's Toasty ring, the uh, the bendable ring, the from the 1940s, yep. 49. Um, it, it's um, it holds some. It was one of the first ones I, I collected, um, other than the movie rings. Um, I like it. <laughs> so never, never been folded. So never been folded. So what's the ring, the Holy Grail ring for you? Will be the rubber stamp ring when I get one. When you get one. So have you ever seen one? I've seen one about ten years ago come up on eBay, or maybe eight or nine years ago on eBay. And, and how much did that go for? About nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred dollars. And I hope not to pay anything like that. Does your wife know about this? Yes. But I'm um, not going to pay that sort of money. Are you going to do a Paul Maroney and um, just not no, tell no, your wife? No, no, that no. You... <laughs> she, she knows that I'd tell her about it. <laughs> no, Gary and I have both said that we also won't tell Paul Maloney's wife about the stuff we buy as well. Okay, yeah, no, that's always good. So, Chris, so you and I have got a little bit of a competition going on uh, to see who can get all of the fandom countries first. Mm. So how many do you have? I know this is kind of like, a, you know, how big... You know, like measuring our egos here. Yeah, so. well, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think you you've got the, the the jump on me now. I had a really good start because I was buying a lot for many years. But again, I've been out of the collecting for about four years for a couple of reasons. Uh, so I've still got to get a couple, and I'm quite jealous of your Russian one. And that will be the next one that I will try and get. All right. Well, if I ever see it, mm. I will I will auction it off to all of you other guys at the highest bidder. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so how long have you been collecting for Red, uh, yeah, Red Beard? About 40 years, I think. 40 I think I years? when I was about 7 or 8, yeah. So that makes you about 47, 48? It does make me about 47, yeah. Yeah, nice. So what's the one item in your collection that uh, holds the most importance to you? Uh, I say a couple of things, but anything that I've got that none of my mates has got, mm. <laughs> and I yeah. care what it is, so, oh, long no, as, I can think of so long as they don't have it, then that's my favourite. <laughs> so what would it be, Gary? It would be his um, Diana and Phantom um, Swedish wedding coin. Nice. Only a- Nearly got one, but um, financially just not able to. But again, yeah, I think every time I see something new that I haven't seen before, it takes an interest. Um, but again, I don't really go for the art because I can't display it anywhere. I don't really go for the clothing because, again, it just goes in the box. I like buying things now that I can collect and put in a shelf or a display cabinet. Uh, and I've only got a few more frues to complete my 200s, and then I'm not going to buy any more frues because they just live in a box. Yep. So I'd rather have something I can look at. So for you, a lot of it is you like the dis- you like the display, you like to be able to sit and mm-hmm. see it. Yep. The 3D factor. The 3D factor. Yeah. So what about you, Gary? What's that one item besides a, you know, the... The ring. The um, ring that you want. What are some of these other items that uh, you Anything like? from the 1943 Phantom serial um, is, is good. I, I, I keep my eye out for that all the time. I did pick up a little while ago a um, negative of one of the lobby cards. Um, nice. which I haven't taken any photos of it's just tucked away in a box and I don't know what I'm going to do with it but that's what I've got obviously not tell the rest of us about it <laughs> uh, John and Paul know about it they've seen it but um, I haven't taken any photos or anything like that no worries well, um, thanks for sharing us some of your stories 
Um, thanks for letting me take some time out of um, the schedule, and we're all—I know we're all sleep deprived and all that. So I do thank you for that. And um, yeah, so thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Hey, going everyone. Uh, this is Jermaine again, and right now I have uh, Richard with me. And for those who don't know, Richard is the president, owner, founder. What do you like to call yourself? Of the Leaf Fork co-founder. Don't forget Antonio. Of the Leaf Fork members Memorial Bengali Explorers Club. Yes. It's all right, Jermaine. It's been a long weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to get you. I wanted to get your dose of tones on this podcast because. Um, for a lot of us fans, especially a lot of us younger ones, and I know Joe as well, it 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 was an avenue for us to get together with some of these other guys, uh, you know, like the Pauls, the Johns, yourself, the Garys, the Chrises, Brad. You know, it helped us connect with these people because before it was just, you know, some of the other young guys that are on, on the internet. But, you know, we've met other people outside of the internet. So I wanted to get your dose for tones. Um, because you did play a big part in that. So uh, from a lot of us young guys, I say thank you. My pleasure. Look, I've always said to people that the dinners have two main purposes. One of them, of course, is to raise money for the children's hospital, but the other is for phantom fans to socialise and meet each other and talk and develop that camaraderie and, and, and strengthen it. And you, you may have noticed, for example, that occasionally... That's important. Well, I always try to go to a different venue every time. Um, I always have um, some people like uh, Judith Shepherd in particularly is always saying, we must go to that place again. And I very politely have to insist that, no, we go to a different place every time. Otherwise, it becomes, um, I think, Commonplace. repetitive and, repetitive, and, yeah. And, um, yeah, and after a while a bit boring. Yes, definitely great. And from a foodie, me and my wife are definitely foodies, as you can tell by my fabulous <laughs> figure. Um, so I enjoy going to the different restaurants in Sydney and um, yep. checking out the local food. So um, so where did this idea of the memorial dinners come from? Oh, look. <clears throat> in as short as possible. Okay, I'll do it very short. Uh, when Ant- uh, Antonio was a doctor in Five Dock, um, I went to him once with um, a sore throat and all I needed was some antibiotics so it would have taken about 30 seconds uh, but when I sat down in his surgery I noticed some phantom uh, art on the wall and 45 minutes later I, I walked out and actually had to go back because I think I forgot to get the prescription. Um, <clears throat> shortly after that um, Lee Falk uh, passed away and we had a wake for him at the waterfront restaurant at um, at the Rocks in Sydney, and we had a rear with Jim Shepherd and a whole lot of other people. When we were walking outside after the dinner, um, Antonio said, we should do this more often, we had such fun. And because he's a doctor, he said, and why don't we raise money for the children's hospital at the same time? And um, that's how it started. So initially we we did it uh, in smaller restaurants, but as we became more um, uh, popular, um, I've had to move to you know various function venues and so on. So it's sort of grown like topsy. Yeah, and I think I'm led to believe that a little time afterwards, the uh, Swedish our Swedish uh, cousins right. yes, yeah. um, decided I, to do something similar. Uh, yes, they do. They, they sort of run their own race, of course. 
they're really totally independent of us, um, even though they ask permission from, from us to exist. Um, and I hope one day we can have a joint dinner. Maybe one of our members will win the lotto and decide to, to, to fly them all, all over here or all of us over there. Well, which would be Antonio's terrific. a doctor, so he's halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I was talking to uh, a mutual friend of everyone on the Phantom World, uh, mm. Pete, who went to one of the uh, Swedish uh, memorial Pete dinners. Pete Klaus, yeah. Pete Klaus. I think it was this year with uh, John Bigotti from... Bidogni from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah and they man. had a great time yeah. over there. So um, he said, and I was also talking to one of the, the owners, Andreas, and uh, they've commented that it's different, but it's, yeah, it sounds yep. sounds like good fun as well. Yeah. We've, I've, we've also had um, a great run of luck with guest speakers. When we first started, we didn't get people who were particularly associated. He's a fantastic uh, speaker. But in the last, um, say, five, six years, we've concentrated on phantom people, and we've been lucky enough, as you know, to get Side Barry, Alex Saviuk, um, and, of course, we had Dave Gibbons. Uh, yeah, the, the that Watchman. was the first dinner I yeah. ever went to. Yeah, he's not a phantom man, but he drew the phantom, and um, that was a great dinner because we raised a lot of money. Yeah, he did, um, for those who don't know or uh, don't remember, he did some uh, artwork of the Watchmen shaking hands That's with the right. fans. Yeah, yeah. And I think they were going for, some of them went for almost 2000 Almost two. Yeah, they averaged about $1,700 each. Yeah, I think it was the one lady that brought them all, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Claire, the, the, a, a doctor friend of um, Antonio's in Canberra, who's a, a phantom fan, yeah. Yeah, that was the first one, and I remember saving up some money, and then uh, I just got told, no, don't even bother bringing the money, you won't <laughs> win anything, just spend it at Supernova. Um, but I have, the last couple of years, managed to buy some things, uh, much to my wife. I'll be able to find some because more one thing WA. that I think is really important, too, is uh, uh, that each dinner we have some new people come that reinvigorates the, the social... Um, milieu of the place so there's new people to talk to and, yes and have a really good time so if you are out there and you're listening to this and you're interested in coming uh, either uh, contact Richard or myself or even Joe and we'll be able to help you uh, okay and you'll have my email address on yeah. the site terrific so we'll be able to sort that out so thank thanks you again. Jermaine <coughs> hey going everyone um, we've got a really really special guest right now uh, this is Joyful uh, Brad's um uh, wife and uh, she has graciously uh, allowed us to give her a quick interview and we'll be able to get uh, the real story and the real costs of, uh, of what this fabulous uh, weekend uh, is, is all about and what it is, um, how long it's been. So how long has this been, Joy? Well, actually, um, I started planning this two years ago. So the exhibition um, programming for Albury City, they um, plan two years in advance. So it's it's been that long. Um, so we've had lots and lots of meetings, especially over the last about eight months. It's really started to um, uh, come to come together. It's taken a lot of meetings and a lot of time, a lot of research. Bradley has actually done a lot of... Um, 1.30 a.m., 2.30 a.m. Uh, mornings just to research and get all the information. I couldn't stay up that late. I need my sleep. I'm not I'm not a good person to talk to when I haven't had my sleep. So I've left him to it. Um, but he gets a lot of, you know, fun out of that. He loves reading. And, of course, he does get sidetracked when he does research because, oh, starts reading a phantom comic and then gets a bit sidetracked. But, no, it's, um, 
it's been a lot of work, a lot of planning got involved, um, but we're really, really happy with how it has all come together. Uh, as Bradley will say, it's a little bit different to what he envisaged. He envisaged that he'd just put all his stuff on display and, and everyone could have a look at things, but um, Bianca, the curator, uh, has done a fabulous job. She had a vision and she said, suggested uh, ideas that, that we needed themes to, you know, talk about costumes, talk about weapons, talk about the lessons uh, that the fan has been involved in. So that's everything from, you know, the drink milk poster to the, the safe sex poster to um, the Aboriginal um, council, you know, go vote for your council and things like that. So there was, um, and then of course the movie was another theme. Um, so she said, we, and then we had to do a little bit talk about Bradley himself because he says he said they find that you get to the end of an exhibition and, and people want to know about the person that's collected. So, and that was all really good. And uh, we we have um, had an absolutely fantastic with a PH weekend. Um, we were very excited to be given this opportunity to have um, the exhibition in the main exhibition space. Not You don't often get the opportunity to do that. Um, really thrilled with the turnout that, that came yesterday for the, the official opening and we've certainly had a lot of people through in the first week because it has actually been open a week already. Um, it's still open for another uh, four weeks and we hope that um, the people that couldn't make it to the official launch, because we've had quite a few people say that they couldn't come, that they might get the opportunity or the chance to come and visit it in the next four weeks and, and just have a look. Um, it's been very exciting this last week. We've had newspaper interviews, TV interviews, we've had some Navy personnel and submariners come and do a photo shoot with the submarine which will go in the Navy news and it's all been a lot of fun so even though it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of late nights and that, it's now just, it's all come together, it's just been one fantastic fun weekend, that's a double PH of course. <laughs> of course, <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. So what was your favourite part or favourite display at the museum? <laughs> well, good question. Um, it's it, Bradley's collection is something that, that we have lived with, and um, we actually got uh, Barry and Jackie Edmonds to come and help pick out a, a couple of things to put in the, the display cabinets that they thought were unusual and unique, That because to me everything is something that I assume everyone else has got, because Bradley's got one, so why wouldn't everyone else have, you know, like a decorated egg? phantom egg and things like that. So they picked out unusual things. Um, Bradley will tell you that his favourite piece is a plate that he bought on our honeymoon because he said he knew he, he um, I loved him when I walked up two blocks up a steep hill twice to put money in a metre while he stopped in the phantom shop and looked at all the, this phantom stuff. Um, of course, I had the skull throne um, made for Bradley as a Christmas present one year, so probably the skull throne is my favourite because that was uh, something that I went and, and organised and did without him knowing, and um, and which he really loves now. So that's probably my piece. I know a lot of other um, couples enjoyed it as well. There was quite a lot of uh, makeout sessions last night on the um, on the throne. Well, I didn't see that. I must have been a bit busy at the time. So I'll take your words for it, and I'm sure maybe I'll see some photos on Facebook, perhaps. So, um, is there is there like one item that I don't know, like just like you know, just that you despise, whether it's because you know it was broader at the most 
inappropriate time or you had to put you had to not be able to buy something else and it's just like oh what did you buy that for or is there a, an item apart uh, from the submarine <laughs> <laughs> the submarine the bargain the ebay yeah. bargain uh no not really there's nothing really that i've despised um um Brad, bradley has uh he chooses what and if he's concerned about it um something he will ask me what do you think but the submarine was how much do you love me? Why? What have you bought? <laughs> Nothing yet, but there's a submarine for sale on eBay. It's the one out of the Phantom movie. And, um, and yeah, so, and I think because I didn't actually say no straight away, that meant that that was okay. <laughs> so, but no, it was actually quite interesting. I never said no and I never said, I said, oh, okay, well, let's have a look at it. So, yeah, so you knew that was okay then. So all the guys out there, make sure you copy that line down because that's how you get it. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, because um, for those who don't know, the submarine took about two years to be restored to the point of where it is now. Yeah, that's right. It was... Um, it was located on the Gold Coast, so because as you're aware that the movie was partly uh, made in Australia, um, the submarine was, in, was here on the Gold Coast, just sitting rusting in someone's yard, and um, they decided, they also collected cars, and they decided they need some more room for their collectible cars, so they decided to um, sell the submarine, it was put on eBay, nobody bought it through eBay, we negotiated after um, the sale closed to buy it. Um, it was in a pretty bad shape. We had a couple of mates, um, Gary Horn from Brisbane went and had a look at it and said, Bradley, don't buy it. It's about to fall to bits. It's rusted. You know, it's, it's not worth it. You won't get it. Won't, it won't survive the trip down to you. Um, Bradley's cousin went and had a look at it. He said the same, don't buy it. It's about to fall to bits. It won't survive the trip. Bradley said, yes, I'm going to buy it. We, <laughs> he, we contacted the furniture removalist that moved us actually here and said, you wouldn't by chance have any, be doing any backloading um, from Brisbane, would you? And he says, no, no. And it was about a week later we had a call. He says, I've got a, I've got a trip to Brisbane. I can um, bring it back for you. So he actually brought it back for us. Um, and that was a story in itself. Um, it was a lot heavier than what they thought it was. It actually punched holes in the bottom of the furniture truck because of its weight. Um, and yes, it did all collapse in and, and was in a sad, sorry state when it got here. We uh, put it in a mate's shed um, just out out the road and um, and their son um, is a panel beater by trade, but he, he doesn't do that now. But this was on his weekend job and after five job, he'd go and, and, and actually repair the submarine and get it back to respectable order and he, um, he the paintwork was gone he had to do it was a fair bit of rust in it as well so he's had to do a bit of repair work on it we've tried to leave it as much um, original as possible but there's just some things needed to be done to it and um, yeah so it was sort of done after hours and, and he's just done it for us and it took a couple of years we were sort of waiting on the submarine because um, we needed to landscape our backyard but the submarine needed to go in first because it was going behind our pool, had to get a crane in to put it in. Um, and then um, every four years we host Easter with Bradley's cousins. And that Easter, um, it was going to be our turn to host. And I said to Bradley, his birthday's in January, if that submarine is not in the backyard by your birthday, that's it, it's not going in, we need to get the yard landscaped. Funnily enough, the submarine went in on his birthday. And um, so it made the deadline. Um, and... Yeah, so it got craned in and uh, on a very wet morning, which made a bit of a mess. 
Uh, we landscaped it never, um, and that ever since. Um, so there was about two years to fruition. Uh, and that was the main concern, was how we were going to get the submarine back out for this exhibition. And the, and the exhibition was dependent on the submarine being the, um, the, the main attraction it had to go in. Bradley said, of course we can get it out. So with a, a couple of guys, they worked out how to build a bridge across the pool and get it out and then wheel it out the yard because I said there's no way there was another crane coming into the yard now that we had nice turf and nice garden and nice sprinklers. So... Um, yeah, he, he's lived another day. <laughs> That's good. Oh, that was actually going to be one of my questions was, was there ever that point in those two years where it almost didn't come back? And I, But you've answered that one. Um, <laughs> that's, um, so, no, he's been very understanding that, no, that, you know... <laughs> he's he been understanding. Some, he needed to find somewhere else to live if he was going to, one, wreck the garden, or two, <laughs> do things that, um, yeah... But anyway. I think you're the one that's been the understanding one, Joyful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for uh, a few minutes of your time, Joy. That was um, it was great to hear from you, uh, hear from one of the wives of the fans. Uh, most of the time, they're just the ones in the background um, uh, re refinancing the mortgage and stuff like that for all our addictions. And so um, uh, thank you for giving us some of your time. And um, like I said, all the guys, make sure you copy that line down because that's how you can get a Phantom Submarine in your own backyard. Thank you, Joy. Thanks, Jermaine, for, the, for your time. Thank you. <laughs>